Any kid that looks up at the sky and sees the moon, the stars, planets, thinks and wonders what would it be like to be up there. On this episode, we chat with some of the people from NASA's STEM Engagement Office about the resources that they have available to help inspire and instruct your kids. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited on today's episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast, we get to chat with some people from the NASA STEM Engagement Office. And educators, if you've ever tried to add a little bit of space and into your classroom, you know that the kids just jump at that. They're so excited when you start talking about space and astronauts and, and going to the moon. And I'm so excited we get to chat with Mike Kincaid and Alicia Badaroni-Cortez. Welcome to the show today. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Glad to be here. Definitely educators, if you haven't already, uh, stem.nasa.gov is the website to find out all the types of resources that that NASA puts out and and creates, makes available for you and and your students in your classroom. You could, of course, follow them on Twitter and Facebook to find out more updates and things like that. But Mike, if you could just start out and just share a little bit about yourself and and some of the work that you you do there at Office of STEM Engagement. Hey, Chris, first of all, we're so both Lisi and I are both excited to be here today and to get a chance to talk to the educators that are following you on your podcast. Yeah. You know, when I think about our mission at NASA, our mission at NASA is really to engage students using NASA's mission. You know, our other partner agencies like Department of Defense and Department of uh, Education, they do work, but we have some really cool stuff that helps kids really connect with. Uh, so why am I learning this? What's this going to do? Why, why does this matter? And I'll say I started at Johnson Space Center uh, 35 years ago, be this wow. summer. I was an intern walking into the front gates wondering, what could a business major do at NASA? And 35 years later, here I still am. And it's been a fascinating ride and a, and a great opportunity. That's that's really amazing, Mike. And and for uh, some of you educators out there, your kids have asked you questions. You know, how do I be an astronaut someday? Well, there are so many more jobs at NASA or any space agency than just being an astronaut. That's exactly right. And and Alicia, you actually started out as an educator, right? I did started right in the in your home state of Michigan. That's where I was born and raised as well. I taught uh, middle school math and science in Wald Lake, Michigan for the Wald Lake Consolidated School District. And um, as I was going through my the beginning of my teaching career, I came across a a NASA workshop for educators. So I'm a product of the very outreach and, and STEM engagement efforts that we're talking about today. I just remember spending a week learning all about the hands on activities and materials that NASA had for educators, which at the time, I had no idea that there were so many wonderful things that were that NASA cared about teachers. And it was the first time in my career that I was felt like I was really treated as a professional, which as you know, as an educator, that can sometimes be difficult to come by. So yeah, it was like NASA, like what, what sorcery is this that they they really (laughs) care about educators and they have all these amazing materials for us to use. And so I really quickly learned, just as you said, that using space as a jumping off point for getting kids really super excited about the things that happen in STEM and and how they can pursue these careers or these dreams of theirs was really wonderful. And so that that led me to eventually becoming one of the people that work at NASA to try and engage students and educators across the nation. That's awesome, Alicia. And, and I'm thinking a lot of educators are probably thinking, all right, where do I sign up? I'd love to come work at NASA. And definitely if you if you want to find out more, just head to stem.nasa.gov. And there's so many resources you could you could search by grade level, you could search by different topics and things like that. But just tell us a little bit about some of the different types of resources that, that are available for educators. 
So, you know, Chris, what's awesome about the website is that you can find all kinds of different information, but I also point you to something called NASA Express. Mm -hmm. Every Thursday morning, about 56,000 educators across the country get an email from us, and it talks mm -hmm. about what's coming up this week. What can you get involved with? Uh, I think the website's awesome if you're looking for something in general, but if you're looking for something that's going to happen right now, or if you want to sign up, I'm sure Alicia's going to talk a little bit more about our Artemis learning pathways, mm -hmm. things that we're doing in the future, you want to sign up for NASA Express. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're recording this on a Thursday and yep, I got mine, Mike, this morning in my email inbox. And, and I love those things because it, it shares so many great things that I can practically do, or like you said, those live and up-to-date things. And, and Alicia, I know you're working on so many things right now in conjunction with the Artemis program coming up. Absolutely. We have an amazing set of resources for educators from K-12 and beyond. Very similar to the NASA Express message, we have something called the Artemis One STEM Learning Pathway. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come out on Tuesdays, not Thursdays. But really, the whole intent behind that is to give educators, especially this time of the school year when, you know, you might be getting through with testing and looking for those kinds of, you have a few minutes, you know, looking for that sponge activity, yeah. or you want something that you can use right away and not have to spend a whole lot of prep time. Mm -hmm. um, this set of resources weekly will come and tell the story of Artemis. And each week, you'll have very specially curated sets of things that you can just click on and go right to the video, click on and go right to the activity, printable things, things that might be able, you know, more multimedia things, like a whole range of resources that could be used in a broad variety of settings. But we definitely want to get some of those things out before school is dismissed for the summer. And people who sign up will also, even once school is over, we're still going to do some content tied directly to when we finally have a launch date and when that rocket goes off the ground and to follow the mission as well. Yeah. And if educators don't know about Artemis, I mean, what is Artemis, Mike? Yeah. So Artemis is our next trip back to the moon. It'll be our first woman and uh, the next man to land on the surface of the moon. Later this summer, we'll be launching Artemis 1. It'll be a three-week mission around the moon. Uh, won't have people on board this first one, but this is the first time in nearly 50 years that we've launched a rocket of this size. Anybody, yeah. anywhere in the world has launched a, a rocket this big. Yeah. Uh, I had a chance to go down and see it roll out a few weeks ago. It rolled right. out to the pad. We're doing some tests on it as we speak. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's massive. And when I, I had a chance to see a shuttle launch probably 10 years ago and when you look at a shuttle next to on paper when you look at because we obviously don't have them next to each other but we look at a shuttle and, and what we call this sls the space right. launch system it's amazing how much bigger it is yeah it's it's incredible and there were only 12 people that ever stepped foot on the moon so i'm, I'm waiting for number 13 and 14 and and so on and so on because because again as us as educators it's about learning it's about knowledge and figuring out more about our world and our universe and galaxy and and, and so many things can happen once we get to the moon. We can go to Mars after that. It's also an opportunity for everyone to participate, right? So, so the idea that the first woman will be able to stand on the moon yep. or the first person of color to be able to walk, mm -hmm. I, I think that's going to be something that sends a shockwave through both our country and mm -hmm. really around the world. Yeah. And so the fact that it's coming up, you know, Lisa talked about the learning pathways, which I think are really cool. But if you go mm -hmm. to that same website, you can sign up to host your own virtual watch party. That's so awesome. NASA has a bunch of different ideas, it's particularly this summer, if there's an educator who's organizing some sort of camp or some kinds of activity, like what will I do with my students this summer? Yeah. Uh, we'd love to help you host a watch party with your students. Yeah. Great way to get those kids back, you know, and thinking about education, even in the middle of the summertime. So even, even be planning about that ahead of time, educators. So uh, definitely check out those resources again, stem.nasa.gov and sign up for those things. Uh, Lisa, you said that newsletter comes out on Tuesdays, correct? It will. Yes. We're uh, going to roll that out starting April 14th. Even if you're, if you're not on the list by then, the archives will be available as well. 
That's awesome. And I know there's also a lot of great opportunities for educators as well, you know, trainings and opportunities through the Educator Professional Development Collaborative, right? right. Yes. And, and paired with the Artemis STEM Learning Pathway. So we start with uh, what is Artemis? Very basic first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we take through, you know, how are we going to the moon? Who's going to be on that rocket and that mm-hmm. actual human beings? But there are some special passengers that we'll teach about. What is the purpose of, of exploring the moon? You know, mm-hmm. what, what lunar science are we doing? And then the return coming back to Earth and splashing down. And then what our future Artemis missions are going to look like. This is just the first. So with all of those resources, we also have live events for educators that pair with each week's theme. So there'll be a professional development that's held in the evening with a companion student and parent event that happens the next day. That's awesome. So many great resources. And again, again, uh, just so much thanks for uh, providing all this content through the the NASA Office of STEM Engagement. Now, I know there's also opportunities for kids as well, like K through 12 kids, internships once they start to get older and things like that, but also uh, a lot of challenges for for those younger students. Can Can you talk about that a little bit too? Yes. So our K-12 program, uh, Next Gen STEM, Mm -hmm. has something called Sparks. And Mm -hmm. it's a framework for a variety of challenges and competitions that allow students in K-12 to kind of enter where they are, whatever uh, ability level they are. Mm -hmm. And we've just finished up a pilot of that this year. So we had over 22,000 students engaged, just held a a culminating event. Um, And so these students were engaged on a variety of levels with all different types of activities, competitions, challenges that they could do to engage. And it's sort of leveled off. So for so educator-wise, right, we used, in terms of the design of these activities, kind of used not only Bloom's taxonomy, but mm-hmm. uh, the web's depth of knowledge, right? So mm-hmm. it's really uh, standards aligned and tries to give students those hands-on concrete experiences to really dig down and engage with the material. That's awesome. And, and so many educators, I mean, they love to be able to talk about space in their classroom, but they've got only so much space in their classroom curriculum to be able to fit those things in. And um, we, we've always got to say, how do I how do I get kids excited about these you know, possible careers and, and the things that really show how we use this stuff we're learning in our classroom, but then also to connect it to the curriculum. Um, that's awesome. And then there's also internships. I mean, that's kind of how you started, right, Mike? I did. I started as an intern in college, and uh, I got I got back at the story because because you just said something about that launch that got me to thinking. So I'm going to date myself, but 1981, mm-hmm. uh, first shuttle landing. I was a Boy Scout, and they wheeled in this TV. Of course, right now it'd be huge, but back then it was this TV. And, and imagine you're out camping, and, but they thought it was so big a deal that they yeah. should bring all these students in. Yeah, and we saw the shuttle land, and I remember having this impression. I think I was in maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that, mm-hmm. and and it, it stuck with me. And yeah. throughout, as I went through high school, people kept saying, you know what, you'd be good at engineering. And I went off, I, I signed up for engineering classes. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of my freshman year of college, I said, you know what, um, engineers work in laboratories and by themselves. I want a job that deals with people. And I switched to business. Yeah. And I tell people, I didn't make a bad choice. I made an ignorant choice. I just didn't know. You know, my 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 classroom examples didn't really have, a, didn't help me understand what engineers did. Right. And I ended up in business. And then and then a year later, I ended up applying for NASA um, as a business major. And 35 years later, still still here I am. Yeah. But what I think is so cool about educators today is that, that they have access to things that I didn't have when I was growing up. The right. ways that that you can see people who look like you who are involved in the kinds of work that you're doing. And, and yes, we do hire interns of all different business majors, engineers, uh, scientists, you name it. Intern.nasa.gov. Last summer, we received over 27,000 applications and we ended up picking 
about 12, 1300 students came to be interns last summer. Uh, this, this year, I imagine that we will have equal amounts of interest, but, but it's, while that might be daunting, yeah. it's still something you got to try for. And we also yeah. hire in the fall and spring as well. So uh, we would love to have uh, people listening to this. If you know someone who's in college, who's interested in being an intern, uh, stem.nasa.gov will get you there as well. That's awesome. And I'm just thinking about all those possibilities, those those kids in our classroom, maybe maybe they're only in third grade right now, or maybe they're in seventh grade. And just to present that idea to them, get them thinking about that so that they can say, I'm going to keep working hard in my classes every day, because when they can set those high goals, man, they can they can do anything. So um, I know there's a lot of things, uh, again, pointing to that Artemis launch this summer of 2022. Alicia, I know there's a lot of just fun types of resources. Can you talk a little bit about that so that educators know how to find some of those things and what kind of things they could do? Well, Chris, you've already mentioned several times the stem.nasa.gov. So that's yep. definitely the place to start. And so hey, it's that- important that educators bookmark <laughs> those great things. I mean, I'll, hey, teachers, I have nasa.gov slash nasa live bookmarked on my computer that I project on, on my screen in my classroom. So that any day that there's a launch going or, you know, working on the, the space station, I can click on that. And right there, it's right on the screen. My kids can see it. Don't just hear it and say, uh, OK, I'll do it sometime. Go do it now. Pause and then come back. All right. <laughs> so when they do that, they'll be able to see some of the cool things that are available. So we have, and, and really, you know, they could fit in a lot of different subject areas, not just yeah. the STEM course. So, you know, we can draw Artemis and there's how-to guides on how, yeah. to, how to draw and label all the various hardware that's going to space. We have storybooks that tell the story for a more, you know, younger audience like K3 range. Mm-hmm. We have coming soon, it's not out yet, probably towards the end of April, a web comic all oh. about some of the passengers that are going to be aboard Artemis One, and awesome. that'll be available both in English and in Spanish. That's there awesome. is a graphic novel called First Woman, which mm-hmm. tells the story of uh, a fic- fictitious story of uh, Callie, uh, who's this uh, young woman uh, astronaut being the first woman to walk on the moon right so that's something that's highly interactive also available in spanish and there's and there's also even more resources stem.nasa.gov slash artemis and they could find all those resources as well so all those artemis aligned activities they'll be finding there yes absolutely and this is like i mean this really i mean we keep talking about artemis like you said mike this is like shuttle launch this is like apollo missions this is this is a first big event it is. And, and, you know, Chris, uh, two other things come to mind as Alicia was talking. One is something called Connects. Mm-hmm. And Connects is something we've never done before. It's brand new for us. And for folks who are following your podcast at home, they're probably they're the kinds of educators we're looking for. We're looking for yeah. people to help us pilot it out. It's a right. it's an online tool where you can collaborate with other educators. You can tell folks, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. We found that uh, I've been in this job for five years. I said I've been at NASA 35, but I've been mm-hmm. in this job five. And throughout those five years, I ask educators, well, where do you find content? And so many of them say Pinterest and Google. And, and, and what we're hoping is that by bringing educators together, mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to get a couple thousand to try it out this spring and kind of te- t- test it out and tell each other what works. Find that when people work together and they find out what other people are using, that that really helps. And so mm-hmm. we'll see how this works. It's, we have high hopes that it's a way that could really make a difference to teachers. STEM.nasa.gov and look for connects. And, and I think it's just a, a way for us to, to connect with people and, and to get their feedback and opinions about what we're doing. And, and to I'm, add on to what Mike said, I think part of what K-3 
can be difficult as a teacher and a science teacher in particular, is it can be isolating when you don't have a community and a collaboration sort of environment with your peers. And so that's what NASA Connects is also trying to do is to create that community of practice where, you know, some of the best things you may have ever done in your classroom weren't your own original idea. It was something you borrowed from somebody, uh, (laughs) modified, you know, fine-tuned it for your particular group of students. And uh, that's what, that's another goal we're trying to achieve with NASA Connects. That's, that's that experienced educator speaking in you, Alicia, you know, you you find those ideas that someone else is using and and use them yourself. And that definitely sounds cool. Uh, I definitely have to sign up for that. Educators, of course, all these things will be uh, linked in the show notes as well. A couple of wrap-up questions and then um, some final thoughts from, from Mike and Alicia, something that I like to ask everybody, especially as we think about STEM and STEM education, what, what's the, what's the hope for, for STEM education in the future? Maybe start with you, Mike, and then, and then to Alicia. Sure. You know, so, so it is a complicated element, right? And we've mm-hmm. been struggling with how to get students engaged in STEM. I have a 13 year old at home and uh, she'll say things like, well, I don't like science. And of course, yeah. it me. but we have conversations like, but you like this and you like that and you like walking in the woods and you like seeing these other kinds of things and helping yeah. them to be able to see these connections yeah. is something I think each one of us struggle with, even, even in my house, right? Mm-hmm. Even when this is what I do all day long, <laughs> but, but I think it's uh opportunities. And I think COVID, while it's been tough, uh, there's a lot of negatives to, to what we've had to deal with. And my, let me, let me just say, think, life can be hard, engineering can be hard, teaching in, in, a, in a COVID environment, a post-COVID mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. is also hard. And so thank you for the work that, that the educators do. Thank but you. I see the future of being more hands-on, um, an opportunity yeah. to kind of try out these things, uh, maybe to follow along and have a more interactive way that might be able to help a, a student to see see how they themselves could be in this. Uh, and I do, when I think about that that moment, when we uh, land uh, the first woman, the first person of color and the next man on the moon, that's gonna be a moment. I mean, yeah. my, my generation, the moment was to see a shuttle launch and land. Right. Uh, my parents' generation was to see Apollo. Right. Uh, my kids are gonna get a chance to see Artemis and it's exciting to me. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Alicia? So as a former educator, and I say formal, but really I feel like once you've taught in the classroom and particularly middle school, right, that's a special <laughs> kind. Like there's a little special kind of crazy, like middle school teachers, you are my people yeah, because um, I am one of you. So my, my hope for the future of education is for educators to feel super confident mm-hmm. in their ability to prepare and implement engaging STEM lessons for their students, yeah. right? So to me, that means they're supported, that they receive ample training, materials, the administrative support, access to professional development, and this community of practice that keeps that motivation and and the exchange of ideas going and and those, you know, those little teaching tricks and hacks that that really make a difference with students. Like, that's what I want to see for educators. And then, you know, because of that, students will be impacted greatly. Yeah, exactly. All those things that, and I think that you mentioned, Alicia, a lot of those are what the types of things you're doing through with NASA STEM. Again, providing all those resources and materials and and connection points and and stuff. Again, just uh, thank both of you again for uh, all the great work that you and, and the whole team is, is doing there. I'm, you know, hundreds of people behind the scenes doing this. And a question I do love to ask everybody, if you could have dinner with somebody from, from STEM, past or present, how about you, Alicia? Who would you love to just sit down and, uh, and chat with over dinner? So my first instinct was to say astronaut and former JSC Center Director Ellen Ochoa, but I have actually oh, yeah. had the chance to talk to her. So <sighs> Lucky. Well, she's an amazing, well, she's an amazing she role amazing. model. Yeah. The person I think I would really love to have dinner with is former astronaut Jose Hernandez yeah. because his story is so powerful coming from a migrant worker family. Mm-hmm 
from Mexico, you know, not learning English until he was 12 years old, going through the educational system, you know, pursuing his advanced degree, you know, becoming an astronaut, flying on STS-128 on the space shuttle. You know, it's just an incredible story. One that, I, you know, he has a, an autobiography that I am reading to my children because he's such awesome. a good role model for them. Yeah, Reaching for the Stars is uh, one of his, and I think he has a version for kids as well. But uh, yeah, just a really amazing story, amazing person. That's awesome. I'll have to find that book and make sure it's linked in the show notes as well if people want to check that out. Awesome. I mean, just so much uh, great information from both you, Mike and Alicia. Any, any other last thoughts, any other last words of advice? I know, Mike, I, I, I want to say thank you on behalf of all teachers. You gave us the props for the, for the last couple of years of just uh, being an educator and keeping on pressing on during this. But uh, any other last thoughts? You know, my last thought would be, uh, as I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about the teachers that made a difference to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think about my mom, who's a science teacher, third and fourth grade. And then I think about Mr. Dr. Norris. You might wonder, in my high school, there's Mr. Dr. Norris and Mrs. Dr. Norris, because they were both Dr. Norris's. Mr. Dr. Norris was a chemistry professor. And he really inspired my love of chemistry. It was interesting. I took chemistry. I took a second class of junior chemistry and then chemistry two in my senior year. Wow. And, and I've written to him a couple of times over the years saying, you know, you made a difference. And, and I think about people watching this or listening to this today thinking mm-hmm. you may not make a difference to every student in every class, but you're making a difference to some. And those, those might still be, gosh, that was 40 years ago. Right. And, mm-hmm. and yet he still makes a difference in, in, in who I am. So thank you to the folks for making that possible. The, the, the Mr. Dr. Norris's who are out there right now. And the Mrs. Dr. Norris's too. And the Mrs. Dr. Norris's. This is cool. Alicia, how about you? Uh, Similarly, just my profound gratitude and appreciation for the teachers who are still down in the trenches doing that hard work every day. You know, having children in public school right now, you know, it's, it's been a brutal couple of years. And those of you who are still in there and sticking through it and giving, you're showing up every day for those students. It is just so much appreciated and thank you for that work. And and NASA will try and do whatever we can to help support and keep the flame and passion for STEM going. That's awesome. We we appreciate it. And there's, again, so many great resources. I know we've said it before, but we'll say it one last time, stem.nasa.gov. Go find out all that great information, especially educators as Artemis is coming up and, and even after Artemis. There's so many great resources and things like Mike mentioned earlier, uh, things that are happening all the time. And those things that happen in space, that research helps that phone that your kid is holding on to, helps uh, so many things in our world to uh, to work and, and function better uh, so we can live better lives here on Earth. And um, just really appreciate uh, both of you being, being with us today. It's our pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Uh, and again, share this episode with uh, the other educators uh, at your school and your network. Help them to to see all the great opportunities that are available. Thanks again if, for listening to this episode. And uh, remember, you can find all the archive shows and more information to connect with me at dailystem.com. I'm always happy to help. And in the meantime, educators, just remember the most important thing that we're doing is uh, helping each and every kid each and every day engage with STEM, making that classroom stuff real and relevant for those kids when they grow up and get to do uh, amazing things in their world. 